You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Monday edition of Locked on ACC here with Kenton Gibbs from Locked on Wolfpack joining. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Kenton, how was your weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I, I did nothing. So that's that's a, a great thing to see. Nothing is it's, it's satisfying and beautiful when you're an adult. 100% agree. And as we have seen in this Monday news cycle. It has been an interesting time to be a quote-unquote journalist or media personality. I guess we can say we will make sure that we both know that we are two consenting people having this interview today, huh? Hey, big dog, you recording me right now? <laughs> are you recording me? Is this going to get out? No, nah, I'm joking. I, I do consent to being recorded. I do. <laughs> Shout out to Julio Jones and Shannon Sharp for trying to figure out whether somebody was on the speaker and knew that they were being, trying to talk about getting out of Atlanta. That's a wild time. It's going to be interesting. And I bring that up because head coach for the uh, Atlanta Falcons is former UNC player Arthur uh, former coach UNC um, from UNC Arthur Smith so he's got a tall task on his hands to say the least. Now let's get into today's topics. We are going to talk about the top three teams in the ACC according to 24-7 sports rankings and then we're going to talk about our overall thoughts on who will win the ACC and finally wrap up with another fun segment. As you know we are getting new to the show so we're trying to figure out just what we're going to uh, how we get to know the, the host a little bit better, right? So jumping right into it. According to 24-7 Sports, the top three ACC teams to be able to compete or who will be challenging good old Clemson, who is number one, will include Miami and North Carolina. And many have talked about, as you've heard from past couple weeks, a lot of people think that UNC might take the bit or Miami might come challenging with De'Ara King, depending on his health. Kitten, I would love to know your thoughts on whether it's accurate that you know, Clemson, then Miami, then North Carolina are the top three so far to start out the ACC season. First of all, let me just say this. I am disgusted with the, today's episode because you're going to make me say nice things about the boys in baby blue. No, but <laughs> seriously, uh, these three teams being at the top, it makes sense. It surely makes sense. It they, These teams being where they are is an indicator of the fact that, I mean, they're pretty much the only three who are returning quarterbacks who played extremely well all last year. Uh, Sands NC State because Devin Leary was hurt. But, I mean, I guess you could say because he was hurt, he didn't play all year. So these are teams who are all uh, – actually, you know what? Clemson and DJ Ugalele is new, but Clemson is Clemson. They don't rebuild. They reload. So you've got Clemson who is who are going to be top dogs nationally, and then you've got teams who are bringing back uh, very good quarterbacks. It makes sense that all these teams are where they are. Well, you know, it's funny because on Friday's episode, Drake and I talked about Clemson, and we really were trying to figure out who – who does Clemson really have? Like, they reload, sure. But after Justin Ross, who is DJ going to be throwing to? 
I mean, the the thing about it is this. Last year, when you looked at Alabama's team, people said, well, who's going to be the quarterback? Is it going to be Bryce Young? Is it going to be Mac Jones? Everybody said, oh, it's Bryce Young, Bryce Young, Bryce Young. Nobody wanted to hear about Mac Jones. But what happened? Mac Jones won the job. He went out there and dominated. That's the way that it works at these schools that rebuild. You, you think, oh, this kid's a nobody. He's just coming in here to play, and he ain't played in three years. This kid's a five-star. He played behind a kid who went top 15 overall. They're going to be just fine. Clemson's receiving core has always had just dynamic playmaker after dynamic playmaker after dynamic playmaker. They'll be okay. The area that I'm more concerned than any is in the running game. That is the area where I'm most concerned about Clemson because, I mean, their offensive line for the most part is still intact, but losing the ACC's all-time leading rusher in Travis Etienne, that is what makes the game easier. That's what makes the game slow down for DJ Ugalele. Like, most quarterbacks will tell you, my favorite pass is a handoff. So, Well, there's no uh, player that's going to replace Trevor Lawrence. There's no player that is going to replace Trevor Et- Travis Etienne, according to you. So that was my whole thing. It's, Clemson seems to be beatable. If there was ever a time for an ACC squad to kind of put, you know, one up to man up to man up, mano to mano, like, I think this is the year. Slow your brakes. Right. Now, wait a Why? minute. Why? Why? I mean, wait a gra- minute. Gra- granted, you definitely have a strong defensive core. You definitely have a lot of returning defenders who are going to be great. Brett Venables, who I personally think after a while, you kind of figure out what he's going to do. He doesn't really get to change up things. And Drake tried to argue that, you know, they were young guys. He didn't want to mix it up, make it too difficult for them in a year that they didn't exactly get a strong spring. But I feel like once we've seen it, we kind of seen it. Brett Venables is okay. a defensive genius. Okay. The likes of which we haven't seen since maybe Bud Foster. Brent Venables, his defensive schemes, uh, just for for example here, just for jokes and giggles, how often did you see Isaiah Simmons rushing the passer before he graduated? A decent amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. And yet, when he caught one of the only interceptions that Justin Fields threw his last year before he went to uh, the league in the playoffs, he was playing deep half. A six foot three, two hundred thirty pound guy that people saw primarily as an edge rusher playing a deep half of the field. Brent Venables' mind is a place that I don't want to be because it seems like a violent, scary place, especially if you're an offensive coordinator or an offensive player. But more importantly than anything, Brent Venables' scheme allowed him to do that, but so did Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons was not a, a guy that everybody just knew, oh, he's going to be the, the next great thing. He's going to I feel like a lot of people were high on Isaiah. Coming out, yes. Okay. When he first got there, people were not like, that guy is going to be the face of this defense. He's going to be the face of this new positionless football that we're going in. Nobody knew he was going to be what he was. I feel like we can all agree to that. Okay. You look at the safety that he had. I can't remember his name. I want to say maybe it was Tanner May. Uh, the, the big safety got drafted by the, the uh, Raiders. He's another guy. He could do it all. So it's not just about Brent Venables. It's also about your Larrys and your Joes. But that's the thing about Clemson. You don't know who these Larrys and Joes are if you don't follow recruiting step by step by step and then all of a sudden they get on the field and make all these plays. And not only is Clemson unbeatable for the fact that they're good. If you look at the ACC right now, there's a wide chasm between number one and two. 
During the years when Clemson and Florida State were both really good and it was back and forth and it was like the winner of that game was going to win the ACC, you had a situation where if any team lost this much talent, you would be like, oh, okay, so the team that was second last year is going to beat them. This year, there's a there's a decent drop-off from Clemson to Miami or Clemson to UNC. There's a good drop-off. I think Sam Howell could go toe-to-toe with DJ. Sam to DJ. Yeah. Unfortunately, football <laughs> is a 22. It's called the ultimate team sport for a reason. I you got 22 folks on the field at a time. And sure, Sam can do his best to duel it out and do all he can. Who's he going to be handing the ball to? I think he has some pretty good weapons in Emory Simmons and Josh Downs and Antoine Green. Yeah, offenses replace 4,000 yards worth of rushing all the time. But Javante, Javante had a randomly breakout year. It wasn't like everyone, nobody expected Javante to have the year that he had. Nobody. Sure, nobody expected it. But nobody expected Michael Carter either. And I think that's a very much kudos to that grown up offensive line that finally got a chance to say, hey, we're not just going to be some bums who never allow our running backs to get busy. But another part of that whole thing, again, the offensive line, shout out to them. They did a great job. They dominated many a team. Sure. But also, Javante Williams led the nation in broken tackles. It wasn't like they were creating these huge I mean, holes yeah. where it was like, oh, he doesn't have to worry about anything. He was making a lot of that happen. Anybody who says Javante Williams was not as valuable to that offense as you believe, roll the tape. It was a lot of times where he was, you know, they say love covers over a multitude of sins. Powerful running backs cover over a multitude of missed blocks, which is what he did. I'm telling you, as somebody who watched that NC State game, there was plenty of times where folks looked like they had him in the backfield, dead to rights, and it's like, oh, no you don't. He's gone. So you're saying this offensive line this season is going to get exposed because they don't have the Javante Williams in the back and they're forced to be stuck with guys like British Brooks. I don't know if I take it that far. What I would say is this offensive line is good, but I don't think that this offensive line is the lifeblood of the team to where you could throw anybody back there. You could give me the ball and I'll rush for 1,500 behind them. Well, I want to argue more about who's going to overall win the ACC because we didn't get a chance to really talk about Miami, who I'm really confused as to why they're number two, but maybe the Eric King is better than I think. So I want to remind you guys that Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative, finally tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors wintergreen cinnamon and pomegranate lucy has also has a lozenger with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors cherry ice citrus and mint these lozengers and gum are fsa and hsa eligible so you can use your fsa cards to purchase lucy I want you guys to get ready for 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum and lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and gum are also FSA and HSA eligible so you can you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. Head over to Lucy co and use promo code locked on college to get 20% off all products on your first order including gum and lozenges that's lucy.com promo code locked on college warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co be sure to use that promo code locked on college 
Next on Monday's episode, we're talking all things ACC rankings quarter 24-7 sports. Clemson, then Miami, then Carolina plan to be the top three finishers in this year's ACC football rankings. Now, a lot of us clearly feel like Clemson's going to be number one. A lot of us feel like it's Clemson and everybody else. It's a very high drop-off. I argue that Carolina should be number two and they could be a great ACC championship game, but apparently Miami's in this mix and I don't necessarily understand why because we're putting a, banking a lot on De'Ara King having A1 health when it comes to all. De'Ara King is going to be the next Russell Wilson. Hmm. He is going to fall in the draft because he's not the biggest guy because for whatever reason, people assume that he cannot read defenses. Why? I don't know. But with that being said, De'Ara King is dynamic. He is not just good. He is not just a, a really, oh yeah, this is an exciting guy. I am telling you right now, he is one of the greatest quarterbacks in University of Miami history. And that there is no doubt in my mind about that. He played most of his career at Houston. And I am telling you right now, this is still one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest, in University of Miami history. Such a story program. To have a player like him come in and do what he's doing off the rip, I don't care if he got one and a half ACLs. I'm betting on De'Ara. You're betting on De'Ara over Sam Howell. Absolutely. With one and a half ACLs. No doubt about it. Wow. I... I, I'm telling you, I've watched the D-Eric, and I, I knew at Houston, I said, wait a minute now, he's not coming back, but please, Lord, keep him out of ACC, because this is going to be a bad situation for a lot of teams here, and he lands at Miami. Let me tell you something, he can do it all, and, I, and when I say he can do it all, I'm not, this is not a slight bit of hyperbole, he can do it all. I mean, I saw him do it all against NC State. He definitely carried the entire Miami offense on his back. I mean, you're locked on Wolfpack, so why wouldn't Well, sure. We could talk about it. If you watch that game, if you watch his – one thing that people talk about a lot is not just completion and yards anymore because we've moved past that. It's ball placement. Ball placement being where the ball is relative to the defender, relative to out of bounds as well, if it's a a pass that's, you know, leading your receiver out of bounds. De'Ara King's ball placement that game was literally flawless. There were maybe three passes that I'm like, "Mm, he could have placed that ball better. He threw the ball upwards of 30 times. He not only threw the ball phenomenally, every time he decided to tuck that thing under that right arm and run, it was just like, I'm bald and he had me pulling out hair I don't even have. This dear King. Were you more, more frustrated at your defenders and the lack of being able to contain him and or, you know, help with the receivers or for the fact that he simply was just balling out? You could, there was nothing they could do. Let me tell you something. I played against Lamar Jackson, okay? <laughs> and there's a there comes a time in life where you have to accept that this guy has something that no one else has. This guy is going to do some things. Doesn't matter. We could draw it up perfect. We could do everything perfect. Him being who he is, every now and then he'll have a game or two where he can beat us. And that's just, De'Aaron King's one of those guys. I don't think Sam Howell is. I think Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell's really good. I think, You're smoking that ooey. I think You're he's really good. You're smoking that ooey. I think he's really good. I don't think that he is at a level of when he gets rolling and matriculating, there's literally nothing you can do to Did beat. you watch 2020? I did. You're confused then because Sam did. Howell did. What? 
Okay. Dion, his passes to Deami Brown. His passes to Daz Newsom did not did not spark anything for you. I didn't say they didn't spark anything for me. I said he's very good. Oh, he had God. times where he looked very good, but the ceiling when he's I compare the ceiling to both, a sophomore to a extra what is it called a uh, fifth year senior. I listen. Come on, bro. I get it. I get he's it. He's literally about to be Who, had the most. He's, he's about to have the most touchdowns in ACC or what is it? Thrown touchdown passes in ACC history is a comparison to James Winston and Trevor Lawrence. Wait a minute. When we're when we're talking about the guys that he was throwing the ball to, where did how high did De'Ami Brown go again? He was a third rounder. What do you think? What do you think? Brevin De'er's Jordan highest? was a what? Brevin Jordan was hurt. He was uh, hurt for a decent Brevin. amount of time. <laughs> and guess what happened when Brevin Jordan got hurt? He made Will Mallory look like he was some baller at tight end. Not No disrespect to Mallory. I'm sure he is a very good young man and a good player. So, but okay. everybody, if you stepped in that lineup for Miami, De'Aaron King was going to put that ball right between the numbers. And again, this he is... He made no- his guys look better, but that didn't mean they got drafted higher than is, the guys from UNC. But this is, and this is no disrespect. See, and this is the thing. A lot of times in sports journalism, people feel like there's like a disrespect thing, like when people talk about, oh, I'm a LeBron guy, I'm a Jordan guy, I'm a Kobe guy. You got to disrespect others. No, 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 no. It's not disrespect. I'm Nobody's not saying, saying that. But what we're not about to do is put Sam on a lower pedestal than De'Aaron off the simple strength. I am telling you. Numbers don't lie. Ball don't lie, bro. The numbers, the numbers certainly do lie. Okay. And that is why, <laughs> that is why you need the eye test. Because wait a minute. If the you eye take test the numbers, won't even tell you that same how. If you take the numbers from those two, yeah. the only argument that you would have then is, oh, well, Sam Howell played in the ACC his entire time as De'Aaron King was in the Atlantic. But De'Aaron King is going to finish with all, beating him in almost every statistical category that you can name. What? Are you talk? Okay. Book it. What is this day? May 24th? Book it. You say here right now, Sam Howell is going to finish below the Eric King in all statistical finishes for career-wise? In ACC. Career-wise? Yeah. Absolutely. Three years from three years for Sam Howell. Only two years for... No, 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 no. But that's what I'm saying. That's why I said... E, but we, we just going to go for year 2021. So we're taking... Okay, so we're taking just what they did in the ACC, then yes, because uh, Sam had an extra year. We can just go off 2021. He's going to finish higher. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay. If we take just 2021, I'd say so. Okay. See, the thing about Miami that has people super high on them, even though they lose a Jalen Phillips, even though they lose a, a Gregory Rousseau, Manny Diaz is always going to get a defense right. If Manny Diaz don't know his nothing. His defense got his butt whooped by Carolina. His defense got beat by Carolina. They surely did. I think he doesn't know how to play against How many Matt rushing Brown. yards did they have in that game? 542. I don't think that they I, know how to Candace, play against. I don't think Andy I. knows how to play against Mac. I think he's going to choke every single time off the strength of history. You could have been the quarterback that game. Okay. I could have been the quarterback that game. If you're listening, you, you could have been the quarterback that game. You give credit to Carolina's strong defensive performance that game. Listen, Nobody thought I, Carolina was going to show up that game, and they ended up obliterating Miami. Miami played poorly on offense. Poorly on defense. They played extremely poorly on defense. The They played so poorly on defense, there is no way under God's green earth you could do any thing with that. I don't care who you have at quarterback. You're going to lose that game. Again, like I said, I've seen Lamar Jackson rolling at his best, and he lost to Kentucky his senior year, a Kentucky team that was terrible. Why? Not his senior year, his junior year. Why? Because his defense did nothing. Now, did De'Aaron King put on that level of performance against UNC? Absolutely not. Kudos to UNC's defense. They did a great job. And they're only going to get better, so how could you even put 
I don't I don't okay. know about that. Jeremiah Gimmel is definitely gonna have a better year than Chasserat. I I think it's very interesting All right, well, rank that it. we're assuming. One, two, three, rank them. One, two, three? Yeah. Clemson, Miami, UNC. Okay. But again, I think that the, the ACC right now, there's one, and then there's about two through four. Five. Well, they got to play somebody in the ACC championship. And that's what I'm saying. It's one, two, that's, three. That's all your task was for today. But, one, it, two, but three. here's my thing. That's all If I we're ask. talking one, two, three, guess what? Two and three are going to be the deciders of who they play in the ACC championship game. And I am willing to bet my unborn first child that two or three, Whichever one it is, be it the boys in Baby Blue, be it UNC, be it the boys down there in Coral Gables, be it Miami, either one, they're going to get their heads beat in by Clemson, and that's okay. It's all right. I don't agree, but okay. Agree to disagree. All right, folks, if you know me, you know that I've been on this fitness journey since retirement from swimming. I have been looking for great treats to stay fit, but keep me nice and toned. That's why I've leaned on Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever with 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Bill Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Bill Bar because it's a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to BillBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. up today's show, which was full of fun debate. I always love a good conversation. We're getting to know our host here, and the question I have for them for this week is they have to tell me their favorite ACC game that they've ever watched or participated in or been in person, about whether it was on TV or in person. They're going to tell me what their favorite ACC game. So, Ken Gibbs, you are up. Let me hear it. Well, um, the homer in me says the uh, Florida State being upset by NC State where my good friend Mike Rose blocked a punt that uh, put him in position to do so. Uh, the unbiased in me says the the 49-37 Florida State win over Clemson. I want to say that was 20, 2012. That was 2012. That was a really exciting game to watch. And again, that like I said, that was when the ACC had it to where one and two, it was you never know because there was a couple passes and they go a different way for EJ Manuel. Listen. Clemson wins that game. They had DeAndre Hopkins, Taj Boy, Andre Ellington. They were a good team. They were a really good team. They just happened to be bested by a slightly better team than that. Listen, I think this might be the year that Clemson is going to choke at one one-off, you know, where they lose to a Syracuse or they lose to some random team. Damn near almost losing like an NC State if not for bad punting. I think this is a year where Clemson's going to have, okay, let's have a gut check moment and they're going to get beat by some ACC team like a Georgia Tech this year or a Wake Forest, somebody. And that's how it's going to roll for them. I think it's going to be like a wake-up call. They are going to slip though. They're not going to go perfect. No way. I don't think that they're... I, I think that they'll go undefeated until the playoffs and then they'll get their heads beat in in the playoffs because um, people don't realize how bad the ACC is outside of them right now. Because I, I don't think the ACC is, is very good at football at the moment. Again, we got a lot of other sports where we're really good. We got basketball. Baseball, I think we're the deepest conference in the nation. We're the deepest. SEC's got the probably top. We're five, honestly six, probably the best at lacrosse, if I'm keeping it a band. There we go. There we go. I mean, we, we've got a lot that, you know, a lot of other sports where we're very, very good. ACC basketball, even during its down years, put seven in the tournament. So there's that. But football right now, we're experiencing a down period like we have not seen this. How the hell can you say? 
say Trevor Lawrence is a down period. Trevor Lawrence is one player on one team. If we talk about the ACC as a whole, minus Notre Dame last year. There definitely were stars. Victor D. Bukeji, Patrick Jones, friggin' Jabonte Williams. A star player does not, a star player, a star conference does not make. These individuals being really good, Great, you're in the power five. That does well for you, the whole conference, is it not? It makes you look good. It doesn't give you wins. Look at what happened to us bowl season. Everybody and their mama got whooped on from the ACC. It was embarrassing. And granted, all of the ACC teams had the the reason of all of us had a lot of players shut out. ACC-wise, I mean, uh, you all had everybody and their mama sit out. Everybody who thought they were going to get drafted sat out for UNC. Same for NC State. Uh, we had um, we had Miami with De'Aaron King getting hurt, and them still competing in their game. But I mean, the numbers don't lie. The numbers don't lie. Maybe and Clemson we, got embarrassed. Exactly. Exactly. So her name got what? <laughs> Listen, what what the song say? Tuka got shot. Jimmy got dropped. Marlo got popped. That's what happened with the ACC. All of us, you Nobody just go down the line. You just, what song is that? It's very famous right no, now. No, it's not. It's very famous. It's blowing up on TikTok it, right now. It can't be. It is. And anywho, You're so the true. fact of the matter is simple. <laughs> it was a very rough time oh for the ACC. Gosh. And it's going to be a rough time next year. I mean, if you talk about Victor, didn't he play for Duke? Could Chase Bryce not stop turning the ball but over? his defense Victor G. McKenzie's defensive performance and Chris Rump's defensive performance has nothing to do with the fact that Chase Bryce can't hold or keep protecting the ball for nothing that has nothing to do with again that. he's got a very long career in, in being a baker because he's, he produces turnovers at a prolific rate but other than these these players as individuals very good these teams not so much not so much <laughs> Well, what's important at the end of the day is as a collective whole, I think the ACC likes to be put on notice. That's why, for whatever reason, they had Notre Dame play that one year. They like to try and elevate it. So, like, they, we Notre Dame made us look better, allegedly. Absolutely. They absolutely did. Notre Dame came through and whooped the wheels off of everybody in their path. They went undefeated up until the ACC championship when they had to play a healthy Clemson. So, let's make no bones about this. Notre Dame is – I always say this about Notre Dame, and I'll say it until – they changed the narrative. Notre Dame is like a 300 seed. They look like a phantom until a phantom pulls up. They look like a playoff team until a playoff team pulls up. So when it comes to rankings, ACC, where do you put them among Power Five? I would say it's SEC, Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12. Big 12. Big 12 is definitely dead last. Dead last as opposed to the Pac-12? Big 12. Okay, let me give you a fun fact about the Big 12. And this includes a team that played in their conference championship in Iowa State. They were 0-3 against the Sun Belt last year. 0-3 against the Sun Belt. You can't do that. The numbers never lie, honey. Mm-mm. No, no, sir. No, ma'am. I... I can't tell you that you're a top tier power five if you're losing to group of five across the board now. We're not just talking about Kansas. If it was just Kansas, I'd be like, hey, <laughs> I mean, that's like taking Wake Forest for us and saying they the representative. That ain't fair. Iowa State went to your conference championship after losing to Louisiana Lafayette. Louisiana Lafayette was not even the best team in their conference. That was Coastal Carolina. Big 12, have a seat somewhere. <laughs> 
Y'all don't belong in this conversation. The big kids are talking right now. Woo! Well, good thing that we don't have to talk about the Big 12, huh? Lock on Big 12. If you ever want to have Josh Neighbors, if you're listening, good Lord, I feel like you might want to have a crossover episode with our guy, Kitten Gibbs, here. Kitten, thanks so much for coming on. Please remind folks of where they can find you and follow your work. There's a reason that the podcast I do that's not related <laughs> to Locked On uh, Network is Facts Over Access. That's what we do. We do facts, not your feelings. But anyway, you can find me at LO underscore Wolfpack. You can also find me at Locked On Wolfpack. You know, me and Candace are always going to keep it spicy. Uh, she she is a crawl in my hide, a, a thorn in my side, but you know, she's she's definitely a great host for this show and um, it's it's always a good time being on, so thank you for having me. Well, I hope you guys love the show. Make sure that you get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today po- podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today everywhere, including the Odyssey app, so make sure you download that podcast. If you want to hear any more of Locked On ACC, you do the same. We got to make sure we follow on Twitter at Locked On ACC, or you can follow me personally at Candace D. Cooper, and I will direct you in the proper way. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. We keep things rolling. We'll talk tomorrow with JJ Jackson about teams four through six, and it should be a great time. Until next time, for Candace Cooper and Ken Gibbs.